today's sermon, I was thinking about uh, the race of life and how we ought to run that race of life. There's a number of scriptures. In fact, I'll, I'll mention some of the words I looked up and how many options there were for me to use. It just blows your mind. <laughs> um, but I want to talk on the race of life and also to win with Christ when we're running that race. When I think of running, I've told some of you this. Others haven't heard it, but my feet are so big <laughs> that when it came to running, I used to run to the bus stop a whole mile, carrying my book pack and, and um, coats and whatever was needed for the day. And I'd run a whole mile. And uh, later when I got into high school, I thought, well, the, they, they used to divide the school into four schools. Four houses, they called them, and then you'd compete against each other. So they needed somebody to be runners, and they needed somebody to do this game and somebody to do that game and so on. So I volunteered to try out for running. Well, the two-mile was impossible. I just couldn't endure that far and up and down the hills and so on. I just couldn't endure it. And uh, the uh, short race... Uh, you had to run extremely strongly and all the way, and at the end they want you to speed up. <laughs> uh, I just couldn't do it. So we got into the mile race, and I thought, hey, this is mine. This is what I can do. Well, I didn't win, but I listened a lot. One thing they said, when, when you're stretching out your leg for the next step, is go heel-toe, 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 and you gain the length of your foot every, every time you make a step in the running. So I guess there's practice that needs to be done, <laughs> endurance that needs to be thought of. These are biblical terms, right? Um, that we can learn from those. No, I did not win the race, but I did get all the way around at a reasonable speed and maybe left somebody behind me. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> uh, but I did run. Um, did a lot of practicing and uh, built some friendship because there's very little friendship in our school. Uh, just didn't seem to happen for certain kids, they, they would shun you if you didn't come to certain uh, games, I guess, or certain activities that they would do, you could be shunned. And uh, that worked out perfect for me in electronics where I could talk to somebody at a distance. <laughs> uh, ham radio and, and Morse code and so on. I had some very good friends. And, uh, but it is a race that we're running. In Hebrews 12, I'm going to read that because I want both verses, not a short form of, short form of it. Uh, turn to Hebrews chapter 12, 1 and 2. Verses 1 and 2. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Well, where's those witnesses? The whole previous chapter, chapter 11, Hebrews 11, is all the witnesses that we need to know about. Great cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight. Well, when you're practicing running, you need to leave the books at home, leave the backpack at home, <laughs> leave your lunch to the side. Don't carry all those things because you're wanting to do the very best you can with the race that's at hand. So here is sin. The sin which doth so easily beset us. And make sure it stays out of the way. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. 
There's a goal at the end. There's a race going on. There's buffeting from the side. Somebody trying to pass you. Somebody trying to bump you. Whatever. Same thing spiritual life. Somebody's trying to cause you difficulty on the road. You need to run with patience. Looking unto Jesus. Looking for the goal. The end of all. Looking unto Jesus. The author and finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him. He knew about the cross. He had to look beyond the cross to the joy of being back with his Father in heaven. The joy of bringing salvation to us, bringing eternal life to us. There was a joy beyond the current difficulties that was going on in his world. The joy that was set before him endured the cross. Yeah. He said, I could have called those many thousands or legions of angels to get out of there if I, if I wanted. And he didn't. He stayed in there, hung in there. Despising the shame, even the shame of being on the cross and if you didn't have a certain amount of clothing on, they called you naked on the cross. They were dividing his garments on the ground, remember. He had on the bare minimum in front of the whole world the shame of being the one that was deemed as the worst traitor of all, trying to ruin the church of his day, the, the whole Old Testament believing system. They just said that he was a bad guy. He ought to not, not live. Crucify him. Despise that shame. And is set down at the right hand of the throne in heaven, or of heaven. We can read a number of scriptures that, in fact, I think I got five or six right around this verse here, that tells that Jesus was going to be with his Father, and they were sitting down at the right hand of the Father. And here at the, uh, telling back, Hebrews, the book of Hebrews is telling what happened back there. So he was already at the right hand of God, that's for sure. But when he talked with the ladies, he told them that he's going to go to his Father. And, he, and he'd go and tell my brethren what's going on. So he was going to be with his father. Other places he said, uh, don't touch me. I haven't been to my father yet. And then he came back. And then he went up there. It was 40 days and there was 500 witnesses to all of this at the end of his life. Anyway, we need to be ready for the race. They always say, get ready. You all line up and you all get your feet down, you crunch your legs, you know, you spring a little, get the muscles going. <laughs> and uh, you got to be thinking about being ready spiritually as well. And then they'll holler, get set, because that's just about the time they're going to holler, go. And you run for all you're worth. So this is what we're doing with our spiritual life. We need to get set. We need to keep in, in balance some of the things that we read in the scriptures. Uh, the prisoners um, were talking with Paul and Silas. And they asked uh, uh, the jailer, actually the prison keeper. He said to them, uh, what must I do to be saved? And Paul and Silas said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ um, and, and and thou shalt be saved. My writing, my eyesight is difficult to hear. <laughs> but believe in the Lord Jesus Christ 
and thou shalt be saved. The belief first, and then thou shalt be saved. There's no question. If you handle the situation right, you understand the, the actions that need to be done, you shall be saved. There's no wondering if you're going to make the race or whether you're going to win. You are going to win. So in uh, Luke 12 and verse 40, it says, Be ye therefore ready <laughs> also, for the Son of Man cometh in an hour when you think not. We can't let down our guard. We can't say, well, there's going to be some time in here where I can just go on doing my thing and uh, you know, nobody's going to notice, nobody's going to worry about it. I can just do my thing for a while. There's lots of verses like that. Don't build new barns just because you got plenty. You know, you got to think about who, if, if something happens to you, who's going to get it later? Plan ahead. This, this is what we're doing. We're planning for eternal life. We need to plan ahead. In 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9, it says that we are to prepare for his coming and that we should uh, um, be there all... Uh, that all should come to repentance. That's in Second Peter. So let's go to Second Peter. I'll get better run at this probably. Second Peter chapter three and verse nine. God is not slack concerning his promises, his promise, as some men count slackness. Why is he delaying? But he, or, but the Lord is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He's not delaying on purpose. He's trying to let other people come and accept Christ and get in to eternal life. He's, he's giving that option and leaving it open for them. So he's not delaying on purpose. He's giving people a chance. But we need to come to repentance. There's a time when we need to repent of the things that, that were bad in our lives or that we were doing or that we didn't respond quickly enough um, to give more years to the Lord. The repentance and uh, accomplishment of the faith I mentioned there uh, in the story of the, the prison and the prisoner, the keeper of the prison, uh, we need to be ready and willing to repent Christians must commit, commit their life to Christ. It's not just a one-time, oh, okay, I'll do that this afternoon, and okay, we're over with it now, what's, that, you know, what's for lunch, or, you know. It's not that sort of a thing. You need to be totally committed to the cause of Christ and to live the life for Christ's sake, to Christ. This requires total dedication when I was practicing for that running I was getting ready I had to have total dedication to the cause at hand I had to know what I was doing why I was doing and what I was going to do to get there and how much practice I was going to need in order to accomplish well the same thing with your spiritual life we need to make a, a concerted effort be dedicated about, about the cause uh, Romans 12 1 tells us there is something about our sacrifice that we need to be doing. 12.1. It's Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. 
got some of these verses written out, others I'm going to turn to them. But Romans 12 and verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. He's trying to get our attention, says, I'm pleading with you by the mercies of God. He's really trying to get in our face, saying, take thought of what you're doing. That ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. After all Christ has done for us, all that the Heavenly Father has done for us, this is only reasonable service. This is not an overdone thing. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That's total dedication, getting involved. And we come to the part where they said, get set. <laughs> um, we need to uh, be thinking of things like, set your affections on things above and not on things on the earth. Bible verse there in Colossians 3 verse 2. We become established in the faith by letting our love, setting our love, setting our love, on spiritual things. So this is in Colossians as well. So go with me to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 7. Maybe you should start one verse earlier. Colossians 2 and verse 7. 6 and 7, they'll do. As ye therefore, have therefore, received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk ye in, in him. If you've done that, if you've made a choice, you're getting ready, you've got your feet going, you've got your bracing, you're ready to tear off into the race, then we need to walk in him, be in Christ. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Get ourselves ready. Make ourselves positive thinking, ready to go. By praying. It takes a lot of thought when you're getting into praying. What am I going to say to God? How do I say it? Well, I've been working on Sabbath school lessons, a long one. <laughs> it's going to be three pages probably, on prayer. The more I get into it, I don't know what to leave out. He <laughs> can't make it really, really long. But Prayer is everywhere in the Bible. It's absolutely amazing. But we need to be praying and meditating on God's word. So you need to be reading God's word in order to meditate, meditate on it. Get to reading God's word. Find out what the really good things are. Uh, there's some chapters, like we use the um, uh, uh, CD of the Bible. And uh, that man that reads on there, he can read all those big words and just keep it going. <laughs> And we can just relax. But every once in a while, we got our pen there. We're, oh, stop, stop. we got to underline that. I need a tablet. I need to write something down. That's when you're meditating in God's word. When you're letting it get into your mind and sink into you. And who do you are? When they're reading all those family names and, and uh, numbers, let them read them. <laughs> you probably won't remember them and won't remember how to pronounce them neither. But but some of those names pop up later and you, and you want to know where they came from. And what beats me is it's all the aunts and uncles, cousins and relatives, and, and they all believe this. They serve this same God. A soul. <laughs> Something to think on. So we need to 
have our special love for spiritual things, praying, meditation in God's word, faithfulness and attendance to, as they say in some places, God's house. (laughs) Maybe that's a Southern statement, in God's house. But God's house is also here on Wednesday night. It's also here on Saturday and Saturday nights and so on, Sabbath morning. Um, Some call church if it's at 11 o'clock till 12. I take 12 from 9.30 to noon or a little after. That's going to church. (laughs) We've been listening to some comedy about going to church. And uh, yeah, we need to think more on it and how many people uh, really were faithful to uh, going to church in the years gone by. Uh, Dedication to the causes and determination we must do with continued action. Faithful unto the end. So I looked up faithfulness. 50 verses. I'll spare you. I didn't write any in. (laughs) 50 verses would tell you about faithfulness to the cause. Cause of Christ. Cause of the Heavenly Father. And I think all of those faithfulness were in the Old Testament. I'm not sure. But I tried to keep a lot of my verses in the Old Testament only. Because you're more likely to read the New Testament, right? You're more likely to hear and understand the New Testament. So all those verses are probably in the Old Testament only. Okay, then somebody's going to haul or go or fire a pistol or whatever it's going to take. Uh, I will go in the strength of the Lord God. That's from Psalm 71, verse 16. 16. We must go for God. Really think about what does he want me to do? Where does he want me to go? What's, what's up? Pray about it. Uh, not in our own strength. We'd fail. This world is out to get you. Satan's against you. Lots of things are against you. We can't do it on our own. We need the power of God's Holy Spirit in us. Sometimes it says Christ in you. You know, so we need to have those things available to us to give us that strength. We must do it in prayer. There's some battlegrounds, and I've been in a few with Satan. You better have the whole church praying before you go in. Oh, yeah. Don't just waltz in there and say, here I am. (laughs) Get somebody praying for you or with you. That we really need to be in prayer. Prayer has a great influence on our life, and we can reach the world through our prayers. We must go in person. It's nice to send others, but, you know, we have to be dedicated enough that we go in person. If we want to win life's race, we must call, invite, and witness for the Lord. Make it an everyday deal. That's, that's what we do. That's how we respond. We must go until the race is finished. Yep. We need to keep going. Can't stop. Turn with me to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Here we go, Philippians, Colossians, Thessalonians, Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 4, and in 1 verse 7 and 8, are we going to be able to say this? I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. Henceforth is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord the righteous judge shall give me in that, at that day, 
and not unto me only, but unto all them that love his appearing. Well, you know, the word appearing really got me going again. I have to be careful. But that really got me going, that we need to be there in the race, active in the race, and being willing to, um, to do for the Lord all the things that we can do for him. Because the race isn't done until we hear something else happen. It's going to be a trumpet blow. <laughs> but here we have uh, the, the um, we must run until we meet at Jesus' feet. Some people have written a song like that. We meet, meet you at Jesus' feet. We need to run until Jesus comes. In other words, if you look up the word run, there is at least seven verses. If you look up the word go, there's at least four verses. So I grabbed up a few of those verses on the second page. Run. Um, when the angel talked with the ladies at the sepulcher, and they, they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy, and did run to bring the disciples the word. In uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, 24 and 25, it says, Know ye uh, not that they which run in, the, in a race all run. Everybody's running. But one receives the prize, so run that you may obtain. You don't know how many are trying in a race to run, this race of life. we got to make sure that we get there. We're going to do all we can to win. Now, in this race... There's lots of people can win, but you got to finish. You've got to go on through till the, till the end. So we'll all receive a prize. Uh, the next verse says, or the 26th verse says, um, I therefore so run. That's a uh, commitment that I'm going to do it. I'm going to stay running. Not as uncertainly, so f so fight I not as one that beateth the air. And boy, this meant something to me because when you're running, you needed to keep your hands by you and just keep, keep going. Don't do like this while you're trying to run. And I've seen some of them do that. They're wasting effort and energy and burning up energy that they needed later. It was not good. We don't need to do that with our spiritual life neither. We need to be determined and planned out. In Galatians 2.2, 2, this last part says, Lest by any means I should run and had run in vain. Plan ahead. Be sure of what you're doing. Galatians 5.7 says, Ye did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? You know, nowadays they say, What part of thou shalt not don't you understand? <laughs> Uh-oh. Okay. That same idea here. Um, in Philippians 2.16, it says, Holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Hebrews 12.1, we already did. And uh, 1 Peter chapter 4.4, 4, where, Wherein ye think it strange that ye run not with them to the same excess of riot and speaking evil of you. Don't run like that plan. Run like this plan. They're running some kind of a race trying to ruin the runners. 
trying to distract you, do things that are wrong. Uh, run with a spiritual life. Then the word go, I thought, well, I, I wished I could do lots of them. Well, you know what? 238 times in the New Testament. Uh, I guess I can't do that. 238 times. Wow. So here's a couple. In Matthew, and at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go out to meet him. Some of them weren't ready. Maybe you want to read that. The cry came. It was at a strange hour at midnight. Some were sleeping, or maybe all of them sleeping. Some were ready anyway with everything they needed. That's in Matthew 25. Matthew 28. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. It's for everybody, every nation, all over the world, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Mark 16, 15 says almost the same thing, but it says, go ye into all the world, nations or world, either one would work, right? And preach. The other one just said baptize them. This one says, preach the gospel to every creature. In Acts chapter 8, 29 then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go! Can't you imagine how many other verses there are? <laughs> the angels, the Spirit said unto him, Go and join yourself to the chariot, as he needed to preach to that guy. Okay, I want to change here very quickly and move to winning with Christ. If we're going to press towards the mark of the prize of the high calling of God and of Christ, we need to live with him, learn from him, lean on him, listen to him, and labor with him. So very quickly, i got just some red lines on your verses. So living with him, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Command. Do it. Okay? Be in Christ by repenting of sin and accepting him as our personal savior. To be a new creature, it means that we, by, by doing those things which are pleasing to him, we have a new life, new hope, new desires, and a new ambition. Total changeover. In the military picture they used to have on one of the pamphlets, it said, about face. Yeah, turn around. Don't go the way you're going. In Oklahoma they said, don't drive through the water. Turn around. Save your life. Okay, That's what we're saying about a spiritual life. Learn of Jesus. Learn the scriptures. Read the scriptures. Learn from them that you might have hope. That's what that verse says. Uh, the word of God is the Bible. It teaches us how to live. How we should really live. Christ teaches us through the word. His word is our life. He leads, guides, and directs us. That's from Psalms, Psalm 37. The steps, the steps of a good man as ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Mm, okay. Lean on him, lean on Christ. Trust in the Lord, lean upon thine own, do not lean on thine own understanding. The verse says don't, or lean not on your own understanding. That's Proverbs 3 and verse 5. When we trust in the Lord, we need to be 
be not worried about the future. He will take care of us. Yesterday, today, and forever. Okay, that's true for us then. Rely on him by depending on the Lord. We become channels through which he can work. We are his hands and feet. I've heard those sayings. Yeah, that really makes sense. Jesus Christ, we are his hands and his feet. We need to listen to him. The sheep know his voice. It says in John 10, 3 and 4. His sheep know his voice. So we need to be close enough to Jesus to know him really so that we would obey when he calls and tells us things. Christ speaks to us sometimes through his word and sometimes through other ways, often through the Holy Spirit. We must listen. We may speak loudly and clearly, or he may. He may speak to us in a still small voice, sometimes through sleep, through um, uh, dreams, other ways that the Lord inspires us for something, taps us on the shoulder, some say. We must listen. Labor with him. So verse in uh, 1 Corinthians 3, verse 9, for we are laborers together with God and with Christ, of course, witnessing to others, working and praying, calling, persuading, accepting Christ, get them to accept Christ, working together with the Lord, goes because the Lord will go with us wherever we go. The Lord will be with us. We are not ashamed. We are not alone. We are not without faith. We must believe. We must speak. let the Lord speak through us and to take, give us the right words to say at the right time, the right place. Uh, those sayings where there's a little picture, Lord, teach me to speak your words. And um, oh, I'm going to get it messed up. But anyway, nudge me when I've said enough. <laughs> it's a kind of a little prayer that we need to uh, say what God wants us to say and do it correctly. Last point here is looking to him, uh, looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, it's in Titus chapter 2, verse 13. That blessed hope, the coming of Jesus, the answer to the, the world, the believers, and then also to prepare that we, uh, because we don't know the day nor the hour when Jesus is going to return. That kind of got me going a little bit, so I looked at some other verses here to be looking for Jesus. And we often say to people and, and they look kind of weird at you, but you say, we're listening for trumpets. At least three easy verses to get at. If they've been to any sermon, any funeral, you've heard two of them at least. You say, what, at a funeral? Yeah. I'll remind you here just quick. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 52, the last trump, you read that at a funeral, the last trump is going to happen. So it's in the Bible. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 16 and 17, the trumpet, for the trump must sound, you know, you'd have to read that, um, but that's also talking about the funeral. At the end time, people that died and, the, and the, the believers that were still alive wondered if they made it. He said, don't worry about it, because the trumpet's going to blow one day and the dead in Christ are going to rise. And Matthew 24, 31, it says, a great sound of a trumpet. There's three, three witnesses. The trumpet is going to blow. And when people look at you like kind of 
weird and their eyes kind of float. You know they don't know those verses because they don't read the Bible. Okay? Here's one for you. Therefore, be ye also ready. That's what we've been talking about. For in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. Just got to be ready. May God bless you.